What's up everybody and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to B2B Made Simple, um, the marketing podcast for B2B professionals. With me today, T. Lim, and he's the founder and CEO of Avaruz, um, and he's going to be sharing with us, you know, what is not happening in B2B marketing and what we can do about that. And uh, he has a real passion behind it. So T, I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for um, having me on, dude. I'm super excited to, to talk shop and, and kind of share what we got going on. But more importantly, just kind of, I mean, just cover these topics and, and deep dive. I'm so passionate about this kind of stuff that, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start getting long-winded if, if you <laughs> let me. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. But before we jump in, um, I always like to hear from when we have a CEO or a founder, I love to hear about their company. So share for us a minute or two, what you guys do um, and and what you guys do for startups. For sure. For sure. Um, Perhaps like I can start first with where we believe the problem was, right? Mm -hmm. Because companies period, I think you need to have a mission. And, And so we've come to this kind of conclusion that the things that are um, fractured and broken around B2B market, marketing lives in kind of two, two sections, right? One is uh, CEOs, companies, and executives don't have a strong understanding of marketing, especially in a B2B SaaS space. And I think when that occurs and people aren't educated, then all of a sudden you have different and unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that, I believe that you know, and it, part of it is our fault. Uh, as B2B marketers, we haven't done a great job defining what our roles are and what we will be doing. And so when you kind of have those two disconnects happening, you get the complaints that we hear all the time, right? My sales team isn't listing. My CEO doesn't understand. Why am I always talking product, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we're solving for that in two different ways. We have a B2B agency called Abaru's. And that agency focuses on working with CEOs and marketing teams and coaching them through how to not only think about sales and marketing and go to market, but also coaching the marketing team specifically um, on an operational level, how to dissect and solve problems. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, product or solution site that we have is, is Sauce Included. And Sauce Included is kind of our close-knit, more intimate, like practitioner to practitioner community mm-hmm. uh, where we're, we're, we're it's, it's, I, I kind of think of it as, as craftsmen speaking to craftsmen. And I kind of think that that whole idea of, of, of marketing being your craft is that's kind of lost on us. And now yeah. it's so much more of a technical skill. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think about it like, well, if it's a craft, then we have to work on it and we need to speak to each other and how to improve it and share those learnings. So that is much more about a community that we're building where it's really about knowledge share and solving mm-hmm. problems together. 
And there's some really exciting stuff that we're doing there, um, not only in terms of you know the types of paid content that we have, but more so like we have some pretty interesting projects that we're working on that we're you know we're going to share publicly, etc. But I, I've, I'm fortunate enough on both sides to work with a really great team of, uh, of marketers who are just generally curious, man. And so mm-hmm. in the last few years have been a, a great journey of just kind of, uh, kind of taking our curiosity where it leads us and trying to solve our problems. Yeah, that's super interesting. I think it aligns perfectly with, you know, who are listening today, marketers. Um, so definitely at the end, we'll drop the link where they can go find this stuff because I think it's a, a huge tool for them for sure. Um, so let's kick this off. So honestly, something you've seen, and I think a lot of marketers are kind of in the same boat. I see it too. Um, marketing these days, there's really no magic to it. And there's no, it's not a craft anymore. I loved how you put that. There's no story. There's no, there's no point of view. It's just a bunch of campaigns, clicks, buzzwords. Um, why do you think marketing has turned into a checklist of activities instead of the craft, like you mentioned? Yeah, we've lost, we've lost that magic. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think we've strayed because of, you know, Christopher Lockhead calls it gravity. Um, and and in, in most cases, it's just simply in, in companies now <clears throat> where there's a lot of pressure, I think, from uh, the executive staff on being able to accomplish a goal. And most of those goals are typically uh, metrics driven. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess some of it is, is the fact that all of us as technicians have become revenue marketers, have become metrics driven, everything is measurable. But mm-hmm. I think underlying all of that is we have CEOs and executives and companies saying, I need you to do more yeah. and continues to pour on this checklist of items. Mm-hmm. And marketers have gone, okay, now let me continue to go to complete that checklist and hasn't done a great job of saying no and prioritizing. Then all of a sudden, all you're dealing with is 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 a list is yeah. a list and then we get into this kind of circular hamster wheel or the snowball where well next quarter it's how can i add more to the list i mean i don't know mm-hmm. how many how many marketing plans i've seen where i mean it's just really a bunch of shit man it, there, there's yeah. no big swing in there and that, that's kind of what i think is missing mm-hmm. how what's the first step that you would say to getting out of that rat race or that hamster wheel yeah i guess stop thinking about it as a technician I think most marketers think of marketing as content marketing, you know, you know, search marketing, um, uh, uh, digital marketing. And I think most of those individuals, including CMOs, they, they start or have forgotten that all of those terms and all of those titles have the word marketing in them. Mm-hmm. But I think most of them solve for problems with the other term. So a search marketer solves for a search problem, search first. A digital marketer solves or solves for it digital first content and so on. Mm-hmm. And if you ask all those individuals those questions, they immediately get zeroed in and start talking about the the the, the, the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. You 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 have to be able to tell a story and you have to capture market share. So if you want to build a marketing plan, I think you need to you still do a retrospective, meaning still have to evaluate what's happened. But I think you have to evaluate it from the context of, did you continue to capture market share? Mm-hmm. And so metrics, pipeline, you know, unique visitors to the website are all proxies for, are we killing our competitors at the market? 
-hmm. And then I think you need to come to conclusions. Those conclusions need to be yes, no, maybe. And why are you not? Are you not because people aren't understanding your product? Are you not because you don't have the right channels? Are you not because maybe the sales process or maybe your sales enablement materials isn't cutting it? But there has to be a very critical human reason, like a buyer journey type reason of why you're not. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I think you ask all the technicians and the technical experts and say, okay, I think it's here. I don't know Jack about whatever that, you know, te- technical area is. And now let's put the experts into it. But as soon as we just go, we got to hit some MQL number yeah, or do this. Technicians are going to do what the technicians do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately like that, that's, that's what's fundamentally missing. We're not mm-hmm. just, it's not about being human. Right. It's just about stripping everything away and saying, Hey, we just got to solve for very specific, simple questions around the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you see it often. I think this is just the default way to do it, but planning around a quantitative goal. Um, yeah. if we're not doing that, because it's easier said than done, like, Hey, well, metrics are great, but we need to focus on the bigger picture. Um, yeah. What should we be planning around instead for someone who may not have gone down this path before? Yeah, you, you got you to plan around solving a problem. Mm. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. You have to, you have to identify a problem, right? You have to first, when, you looking, when you're looking at the metrics and when you're doing the retrospective on what's happened last quarter, there should be a group of questions or problems that emerge from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone would argue with that. Every executive, I believe, when they're looking at a string of numbers, they're looking for the story behind it. Mm-hmm. You need to find the story and the problem sets. Then you need to go find, you need to plan for the solution. But the solution cannot be, we're just going to do more of search or we're going to do more of this. Mm-hmm. The solution has to be more deeply rooted in the kind of the perception and the mentality of the buyer. Right. So there is a reason potentially why you're not hitting your MQL goals. And it's not because you're not doing enough search. The reason why you potentially may not be reaching your MQL goals is because you're in the wrong channels. So before you default to search, start to think about your buyer and figure out which channels they are in. Mm-hmm. Spend more time there. And then once you've kind of figured those things out, and then I think you put the you go through the realistic exercise of saying, does it meet the actual goals? Because ultimately, I'm not saying we shouldn't be metrics-based. I'm mm-hmm. not saying the board or the CEO or the CMO isn't going to hold you accountable to numbers. Mm-hmm. Who really gives a shit if those numbers aren't deeply rooted in like a human making a purchase decision with your product, especially in B2B, mm-hmm. as a team, right? So Yeah. Do you have a process or like a checklist in your mind that you go through when it comes to identifying that problem? Like what are some questions that you ask? Um, yeah. startups or that we should be asking ourselves, I mean, even past the startup phase, maybe we need to strip it back and go back to that foundation because people buy for a problem, plain exactly. and simple. How exactly. do you go about finding that problem? I've been keen, man, on this whole idea and, and pushing marketing teams now to really be thinking about this term like research-centric marketing, research-centric thinking. And it's it's my belief that the funnel has just fucked everything up. The, the funnel mm-hmm. has completely created a situation where we don't have alignment, we become metrics driven and we just lose sight of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in a B2B startup, 
but also if you're in a larger company, I think you have to be much more research focused. And I've been able to like through that, through the time in consulting and even looking back at, in my experiences as, as, as a head of marketing at, at other SaaS startups, I've been able to distill into three main questions. And those three questions are, who is your buyer? Why would they buy? Mm-hmm. And how do they buy? And they're simple, I know, but people, I think, because they're so simple, overlook them. And I challenge everyone to be able to answer that question in what I refer to as in a very intimate way. Mm-hmm. And so on a, on a quarterly by quarterly basis, I challenge teams, marketing and sales and go-to-market and the CEO that we always have to come back and figure out whether our answers to those three questions are the same or have morphed, right? And, it's, and, and I think this is especially true in a B2B SaaS startup. And, and the reason why is because if you're in a startup, fundamentally, your company is trying to change something. They're trying to either disrupt something or create a new category. So guess what happens quarter over quarter? Your buyer changes, your buyer journey changes, behavior changes, problems start to emerge, markets get more mature. And if you do that exercise once and aren't paranoid and maniacal about validating it, then you're hosed, right? And so our exercise is, uh, uh, along with kind of the problem statement finding, we also go, hey, let's just validate these three questions again. And we do, we, 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 we do actually tangible things to actually go validate them. The who question, for instance, which primarily people think about persona matrices um, and user journeys when, when you ask the who question, yeah, that's, that's, that's just a persona matrix. Like, no, it's not. We validate that who by doing something called title analysis. That's one of the things that we do. So we will take our last few campaigns and I want to see a pie chart of the actual personas that filled in the lead forms for a webinar, for instance, and or if it's for an event. And I want to constantly validate that. I'm paranoid about that because as you know, that if your targeting isn't right and you're speaking to the wrong person, of course, you know, yeah. we, we don't need to wait six months to figure out that the campaign sucked. Yeah. And so we, we th- this is when we work with new vendors, we do this. When we mm-hmm. launch digital campaigns, we do this. It is, it is infused into the culture of what we do. But not just for marketers, we use that data all the way to the board level. Mm-hmm. We supplement it this way. We also do that same analysis and exercise for closed deals and opportunities. And then we start to paint and, and weave together this picture of what the actual buying journey looks like. And it's rooted in something really tangible. So when you do have those conversations with your sales individuals and they say, yeah, I'm, you know, it's up to you as a marketing team, I think, to come back and add the summary for them. And so they have the confidence that I have the playbook to not only talk about this user at the beginning part of the journey, and now I know I need to sell up. That's kind of one, you know, and then, and then with, with other things like why, why would they buy? We do a ton of analysis also, not only of Salesforce notes, but of, you know, as, as with call recordings and things like that. But ultimately, everyone has to be aligned on that, in my opinion, quarter in and quarter out or else you get back to that plan that has a bunch of kind of tactics. A common problem we see in the B2B industry is companies maxing out their marketing teams because they attempt to handle their website in-house. We see this all the time. 
From redesigns to regular maintenance, we know it's easy for your team to drown in the amount of work it takes to keep a website updated, secure, and current with the times. And let's face it, working on a website isn't that fun. The worst part, hiring a full-time developer to handle that workload can cost over $100,000 a year. Here at OneClick Agency, we build websites for B2B companies for just a fraction of that cost. Whether your website is five pages or 355 pages, our US-based team of designers and developers can handle your website project with ease. If your team is totally capped and needs help with website maintenance or even a full redesign, visit OneClickAgency.com to get a quote today. Visit OneClickAgency.com so your marketing team can get back to doing what they love. OneClickAgency.com. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought about really evaluating the problem every quarter because I guess it really does change. I mean, you're going to morph as a company. The market is going to change because there are going to be other companies seeing that you're doing it well. Therefore you might need to identify a new problem because they're preaching everything you're preaching. And yeah, I love that. And it goes right in another point you had here is everyone is kind of copying each other when it comes to B2B and I guess staying ahead of that game is constantly thinking about the the problem that you solve before your competitor starts doing it. They're going to copy you yeah. if you're if you're ahead of the market. They're going to it's just going to happen. Yeah. But um, what are some ways that we can really get ahead of the game and not copy others? I mean, obviously there are tactics that people are going to use. It might sound like it's copying, but what are some things that you found that really make it so you stand out? Yeah. I mean, let's let's first kind of talk about like hustle culture, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's gotten a bad term or, or it's gotten a bad name. People kind of mm-hmm. think of hustle, hustle culture as people who overwork themselves. Yeah. But ask ask any hustler, like true hustler, what is what does it really mean? And they're like, well, I'm, my mind is on it all the time, mm-hmm. and I'm not hustling because I want to work all the time, but my mind's yeah. on it. So, and so to answer your point, I think you, people, marketers have to start thinking like that more. They have to start thinking like hustlers. And what I mean by that is there's no problem. I don't think with copying, sorry, there is no problem with you using another tactic or technique that someone else is using. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's only founded on the fact that you didn't know jack shit about your buyer. If you do that, then there's a big problem. But if you go, I know who my buyer is and that company is doing it, but I agree with that because I know who my buyer is. I know how my buyer buys. Why would they buy? How do they buy? And I think that tactic or that technique is perfect. Then I think there's nothing wrong with that. But people, I think marketers in general have to get the foundational elements intact before they start thinking about tactics before you've got to put the hustle hat on before you put the technician hat on everyone knows how to be a technician these days and i and i think just social media and technology has maybe encouraged it too much but put the hustle hat on sit on the sales calls trying to figure out why that human is willing to sign a 100k check to this company Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask those and don't be afraid i think to make the definitive statements it's the big swings is what you really get paid for Mm -hmm. it's not the kind of tactical things and and I think that's what's missing mostly with, with marketing teams, right? Like we, we touched upon it. It's not only the magic, it's the big sweeping statements. It's the big, huge de- declarations, whether they're- The point of view that no one else has. Yeah. 
Exactly. Not just in, and not just point of view, but also when you're in your plan, you're saying, I believe this is the problem and I believe this is how we're going to solve it. So and before you, before you, it. before you yeah. go on, I don't, some people agree with it. Some people don't. So would a good, would a good example be drift? Like saying that MQL is dead. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that'd be a good reason that, 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 that would be a, that's a great point of view. Drift saying the MQL is dead or that, that email is dead. Yeah. Um, and then obviously they, they've used it and they've done it very, very well to mm -hmm. carve out a new category called conversational marketing. But that, is that what you mean by putting a stake in the ground, whether people kind of agree with it or not? Yeah. Yeah. From a messaging perspective. Yes. Yeah. Okay. From a planning perspective, it may be that we're not going to do any more outbound campaigns. We're not going to do oh, any more. Okay. Campaigns. We are mm -hmm. going to change. We're going to, we're going to just fundamentally put a chat bot on our website because we have so much traffic already. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and what we have to be okay with, I'm now spitballing, what we're gonna have to be okay with is we're gonna see a downtrend in traffic because we're not spending money on paid ads anymore. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to build on our brand and put a chat bot there and that's gonna convert leads. That's a mm -hmm. scary thing to say. Yeah. And that's a scary thing I think for most people to digest. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that you have to get so into the problem statement and believe in the solution that you're willing to make that big of a swing. Now, you also have to be okay failing. And I think that's okay, right? That's, that's when, when I think generally when I talk to teams about this, the one thing that we always have to clarify on is, well, T, if you were telling me not to do status quo and do big swings and it's mm -hmm. scary and you're telling me that to be okay with failing you're really setting me up in a situation to get fired right and i and and i always have to remind teams and ceos we're missing the thing in between the maniacal paranoia and the validation that you have to constantly go through to make sure that what you're doing that big swing is still directionally correct so while I'm not saying to be paranoid and course correct all the time, but if you're going to take that big of a swing, if you're going to go right all in on something, you still have these checkpoints to make sure you are not completely going to implode. Right. And that's what I think is missing. That if you can marry those two things together, then that's what you be, should be spending your time rather than let's do 15 different campaigns and just hope one of them makes sense. I mean, there's yeah, one pops off. Yeah. That, 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 to me, I don't even know if that was ever alive, but you know that that's been a thing for a while. I mean, I've I've seen people do similar things with like social media, for example. I really don't believe in this, but they're like, well, we have to be on every single social media, and it's like, so one, like if you can do that well, go for it. If you have the team to do it, but I think a lot of people bite off way more than they than they can chew because they're guilted into it, yep. and it's really a dangerous path to go down. I think it really applies to marketing in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Omni, the, 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 the dirty little secret about omni-channel marketing is that they, the, the, the data providers and the marketing vendors forgot to tell you that omni-channel marketing requires that you do a shit ton of work after you buy their product and you don't have the resources to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden to your point, like you bite off more than you can chew. And then what do you do in that instance? You start copying. What do you yeah. do in that instance? You get too tactical. And so I think like that ultimately that kind of culture has been, I mean, it's, 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 it's partly, I mean, 
uh, not even partly. I want to say that it is effectively the CMO's fault. Mm. As I've thought through this problem inside out, it rests on that single person and it mm -hmm. rests on that single person to build alignment and educate the executive team and also make their reports, the marketing team, be okay yeah. with swinging big, failing, and not doing a million things at once. It's mm -hmm. up to the CMO to do that. There's no one else's yeah. fault, in my opinion. So last point we have here, I think this was what stuck out to me the most. This was pretty cool. Um, as marketers, we should be thinking of the craziest campaign possible without any restrictions. You sit down with your team and you go ham on this thing. And then you start paring it down from there. So you shave off what obviously you can't do instead of starting from just a little, some small things and hoping it grows. Yeah. I mean, that's quite the mindset shift for a team. Yeah. Um, have you had anything really just turn out to be a lot bigger than you planned because you really focused on it this way? Bigger than we planned in re in a reality sense, you know, now we, now we come back to real life. Mm -hmm. Bigger than we planned. I or I guess know. turned out better. Yeah. Have you seen really good results from that? I guess is a better I question. Have, I have definitely been very, very happy with some of the campaigns or swings that, that, that our teams have, 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 have gone through. I mean, mm -hmm. one of them. One of them was a while ago. We were we were in we're selling into IT. It's it's a storage vendor, and um, we were carving out a new category, really, mm -hmm. and it really revolved around how you needed to make sure that you backed up data that was sitting on your mobile phones, your mobile devices, and and your laptops. Mm -hmm. And the challenge that we constantly had, and so we we went into the who and the why, and the challenges that we constantly had was. We were selling into CIOs and, and VPs of storage, and they would say, dude, there's nothing on those damn laptops that I care about. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not gonna give you any money. Yeah. And so it was like it was, it was like these forty thousand dollar deals that we that we had. And we started saying, Well, we have to figure this out because we were sick, we kept selling insurance policy and, and all these things. And then finally we we started to come up with this idea. Um and it started to understand that while there may not be a lot of data on there that you care about, mm -hmm. there's stuff there that you don't know about. Mm -hmm. There's is and then and obviously with the with the analysts, et cetera, we started you know working on this term about data at the edge, which is an industry term. And then we kind of played with that and went to data in the wild. Mm -hmm. And so we built this campaign around how your data, uh, Mr. or Ms. CIO, is living in the wild and you have no idea what's happening. It's outside the four walls and confines of your data center. And it's not just the marketing manager or the administrator, it's your exec, it's your CMO that messes up and leaves it in a in a in an airport or leaves yeah. it at a bar. And there's a board deck there or there's something else oh, there. Yeah. So we built kind of that story around it. And as we started to do that, um, it very much centered around this character that we had built. And so we had built a microsite around it. We did this huge launch at Vegas at a trade show. And ultimately it wasn't the, the amount of MQLs that it drove that, that, that was, that made it successful. Although obviously we, 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 we captured 
um, a good amount of leads from it, especially in, in, at the trade show. It was the fact that it was such a simple story for not only folks who are shaking hands at the booth to tell, but also our AEs to tell, right? And so we started to capture this throughout the, even the entire pitch deck. And so now this is simple. You may believe that it's worthless to, to back up a laptop, but I am asking you now, what is the value of that one piece of information that's in the hands of a competitor? Yeah. That is not 40,000 anymore. And so <laughs> we started to see things happen like our average sales price start to increase, you know, mm -hmm. three, four, five X. We started to see things like um, lead light, uh, not lead light, but sales cycles start to shrink a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of these things too, the challenge is like showing proof of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the, the unfortunate thing, and maybe people don't want to hear it, but good marketing, you can't really prove and show how this thing that you did here and pinpoint exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. If you could, it's not that good. It's, yeah. you, you, you kind of touched on that term magic. You can't explain it, right? You, but you know what good looks like. And so mm -hmm. I think we have to have the guts to say that or else we're kind of back in that hamster wheel. Yeah. Well, T, thank you so much for joining me here today. I think this is, I think we went pretty deep and I think this is going to be such a good listen for marketers. I mean, I got a lot of value from it. So I'm sure other people are going to be doing the same. Um, before we go, can you just share where we can find out more about your company or about yeah. yourself online? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I appreciate you having me on, man. I, I yeah. I'm passionate. I love this stuff. Um, I think first of all, for marketers, for the marketers out there, we are building a community called Sauce Included, um, and it's called and it's you can you can find us at sauceincluded.com, um, and it's called Sauce Included because we have been a little bit perturbed about how education has happened over the last decade. Mm -hmm. And social media now is filled with tips and tricks and top 10 lists. And we're saying, fuck that. We, yeah. we really want to provide like real world knowledge mm -hmm. and really up level real world expertise. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's called Sauce Included. It's a membership site that, that, that we put together. Um, but with that, the brand just kind of started emerging as we started working on this. So we're working on some pretty fun projects um, that, we'll share, that, that we'll share here in the coming months. And then for, companies and, and CEOs who are looking to um, truly build epic marketing teams and build sales and marketing alignment. Our agency, Avru's A-V-E-R-O-O-S, um, really works with companies specifically in the B2B SaaS startup, growth startup phase, mm -hmm. and helps them solve, helps them solve their go-to-market problems, right? Actually helps them, helps coach them on mm -hmm. how to solve their own problems. Because effectively we want to leave behind a legacy, not just yeah. to the that's awesome, man. Well, T, thanks again uh, for joining me on the show. Um, it's been awesome having you here, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, everybody, before you go, thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. We would love it if you dropped us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It'll only take you about four seconds. Last thing, if you're in marketing or you simply love it and want to learn more, subscribe to our email list today. You'll get weekly podcast updates as well as a solid marketing tip delivered right to your inbox. So if you want that tip sent to you every single week, subscribe today at oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast. 
That's oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast, and you'll get marketing advice that you can apply to your company right away. oneclickagency.com forward slash podcast.